you know what really chaps my ass? After years of training and study, the only perks they'll ever give us are gangbangers. Just once, I'd like to play a character who has decent grammar and doesn't wear Timberlands with the shoelaces all out so sloppy. This episode is brought to you by Thomas's. Thomas's presents Technique with Tom. Slicing an English muffin with a butter blade? Boulder Dash! Just pull apart with your hands and marvel in the nooks and crannies' splendor. For each one is unique like a snowflake. Thomas's. Huzzah! A toast to breakfast. This episode is brought to you by Cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on Cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on Cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on Cars.com. Welcome, listeners. This is Sound Only. I'm Justin Charity. And I'm Micah Peters. We're your Sound Only co-hosts here to record our deepest, darkest thoughts about the 21st century and the millennial lifestyle. We're talking about rap music, video games, anime, YouTube, social media, and the wider internet. This week, unfortunately, we're talking about a shooting and its messy parasocial aftermath. So yeah, we're talking about the Tory Lanez, Megan Thee Stallion shit. Yeah. So we mentioned Tory Lanez in our first episode. Uh, he is a Canadian singer and frankly, sort of a troll. I've written about Tory Lanez. He had this earlier quarantine phenomenon called Quarantine Radio, where he'd basically get on Instagram Live and play music and invite his friends on to play music and invite new friends on to dance for him. Um, well, like, new friends, but also, like, Cele- it was a celeb tier kind of thing. Right? Yeah, it, it was. A, it was a celeb tier kind of like you wouldn't just get on and hop on to the to the no. two person live. Thing. I wasn't like, on there no. as a no. You weren't. Okay, what a loss. Um, but Tory Lanes, I think we should characterize as more or less a, like he's he's a bit of a. <laughs> I hate to say a punchline. He's line. a dumbass. He's yeah. a, he's a fuck, but he is a, he is a, you know what? He's a dumbass. He is a dumbass. I mean, his debut album, like, was literally a, a Lord of the Rings long and had 50,000 skits on it. There's, you know, despite him having a number one album this past year or t- within the past two years, I can't remember. Uh, there are, without looking 10 to 15 other people that do exactly what he does as well or better <laughs> yeah totally 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 his the the goofball troll elements to his persona are sort of all he's got going for him in terms of uh like distinguishing himself in the marketplace shall we but say. he has been in the marketplace for a startlingly long time yeah to say that he has enjoyed the, the the meager amount of success that he has as far as charts i mean commercially i mean right uh reportedly tory lanes was dating a let's let's be clear here a more popular and more agreeable rapper megan the stallion earlier this summer and you know honestly i don't i don't like follow the lives of rappers like talking about it. i sort of knew that they whatever were an item 
I feel like a lot of people learned about this relationship uh, in the aftermath of a shooting in which Tory Lane shot Megan the Stallion after after an altercation involving multiple people in Tory's SUV. Um, apparently, there was an argument in the car. Megan the Stallion got out of the car. Tory Lane shot Megan the Stallion in the foot from the car. And th- this was like a weird item in media for a bit, right? It was sort of the shooting happened. We knew it the happened. Shooting, we knew, th- yeah, the shooting happened, and we, you know, we were cursely aware of it. But she got I don't stitches know and shit. It. She got surgery. She, she she got she got she got stitches. She got surgery. We knew the shooting happened. But being like in the vacuum of details, because there weren't a lot of them aside from like what you got from the initial reports. Um, Also, like Tory Lanez had then like completely receded from online view uh, after it happened. Which is asking a lot for someone like Tory Lanez. That's an actual sign. A whole fucking lot of somebody who like attention is. Yeah, like who who needs it. This is I like I mean and in the interim it was just kind of Megan out there by herself having to answer questions. And mostly in the immediate immediate aftermath there were jokes. A lot of jokes. Right. I actually want you to explain this a bit to me cuz I I feel like this is a story that a lot of its development happened on Twitter, a website that I don't use. Um, Mm -hmm. And I feel like there was a distinction that was made early on in the aftermath of this incident. The story went from being Tory Lanez shot Megan the Stallion to Tory Lanez shot Megan the Stallion in the foot. And for whatever reason, in the foot made it funny. It feels like that's what social media decided about this story. Yeah, that is that is like the the overwhelming response was that because it was, I guess, because you know, ignorant of the fact that there are arteries in your foot, uh, that if you get shot in the foot, it's completely, you're, you're, you're totally out of the woods. It's just funny, you know? Yeah. But I mean, yeah, there, that, that was, that was that what it seemed that the internet decided was that because she got shot in the foot, it was, it was all right, let's laugh about that. She's it's fine. It's the tone of like that scene in training day when, Denzel gets shot in the ass and he says, ah, you shot me in the ass. Like, it, it's sort of that. That's the weird thing about it, though. Right. Like, you're talking about a shooting. You're talking about yeah. Tory Lanez shooting someone. Yes. Shooting Megan the Stallion. And it became it, it was sort of in it. It was instantly metabolized as sort of a funnier story than it is. Um, and then it, then in, then it's turned out to be. Yeah. I mean, like, because if you think about it. The way that like that's always represented from literally every time you saw it on the screen, somebody gets shot in the foot and they do a hot foot dance. Ooh, ooh, ouch, ouch. It's like a comedic note. Uh, Or, you know, if somebody gets shot in the ass, like it's just like, hold on, you know, like, let me let me get you this. I got you this pool floaty. Marcus, like, I, I, and why don't you sit on it while you watch the TV? I know your dick don't work like from bad boys or whatever. It's, It's it's always a comedic note. Right. So that's what happened. But there was the, in a lot of this, too, is sort of people responding to the lack of information and the fact that 
wasn't it just a month basically of subtweets happening where it was sort of everybody could deduce what happened that Tory Lanez shot Megan Thee Stallion, that neither mm-hmm. of them was really going to talk about it. Neither mm-hmm. of them really wanted the police up in everyone's business. So they just sort of tweeted through it. And it was awkward. It was a month of tweeting through the fact that Tory Lanez shot Megan Thee Stallion. Until, like, over the past weekend, uh, she fu- Megan Thee Stallion finally got on Instagram Live and was just like, yes, this nigga Tory shot me. Like, right. what we confirmed that we had known, like, since the first night. Uh, however, like she specified that she didn't want to, she didn't tell the police because of the climate. I, and I hate to say climate, but like the political climate, yeah, it, it, the, the, the political climate, like fear it's, about it's, police, right? Yeah, exactly. She was just like, I mean, a black man, a shooting, definitely, but I'm not like, and and there's a weapon in the car. Like we could all die. Is yeah, what she the, said. the way she put it specifically was, "I'm not about to tell the police that you got a gun in the car so they can shoot all of us." Exactly, exactly. The laws, as she put it, I think is is so true. The way that she says the laws is so cool. Like, right? Why did um, she make the video? Why did she? It was very. It's a very heartfelt. Video it was like too. it. It was. A, it was. A, it's a very hurtful video because, for like again, for a month, she was just out there on her own just taking licks from everybody about what did you do to deserve it you know how is this you know this is funny it's funny that you got shot in the foot and so on so forth or say for instance uh dre michelle on the checks notes weed and wine podcast saying that she wants that you know like yeah i want somebody to shoot me in the foot i want that quote unquote bobby and whitney type of love which is the same oh, sort of brother. dumb rom- romanticizing of a abusive and ultimately deadly relationship, um, which, you know, was whatever that was neither here nor there. What I'm saying is that like, it was just all of the stuff that was building up and the, the energy behind the video was one of like frustration. Like, I can't believe you made me have to make this video. It's ridiculous yeah. that I had to do this, that I have to come out and say that this person shot me. And then I didn't want to talk to the police about it because they could have killed everybody. Yes. The energy behind the video that Megan Thee Stallion put out a few days ago, the energy around this whole thing is so bad that honestly, like, Micah, you and I went back and forth about even talking about this. Yeah. Because it's it's the kind of thing that we're going to have a good conversation about this and the sort of all of the critical concerns wrapped up in this shit. But just to be clear, like, this story is weird because it's about two entertainers. So on one level, it's an entertainment story. On the other level, though, Tory Lane shot Megan Thee Stallion. Shot someone. Right. He shot a person. It is so, like, it's it's something that straddles the... He shot like, a woman. Between, he shot a woman. Yeah. That's that's the thing, yeah. It's, it's like, that is... It's, one of those things that is it is cut and dry there are facts and there are falsehoods and there's not really much room for opinion and yet there has been so much of it <laughs> right right and to be clear like we're talking about this cuz we you know this isn't some tmz shit we're not just ta- we're not this isn't a thing that we're interested in talking about because like we're trying to pull a boosie here <laughs> like this isn't we're not trying to figure out the hot it's funny you should say that 
You know it's what funny I mean? you should yeah, say we'll that because right before we hopped on here, I saw that Complex had a story about Bootsy saying that he was keeping his mouth shut because, quote, I don't want to say the wrong thing. I think he's remembering the fact that he piped up the last time about trans women and his mom came into the media talking about you need to shut your dumb ass up and apologize. <laughs> oh, God. Right. But, but that kind of response, I mean, first of all, more people should follow Bootsy's example in this particular instance. Second of all, yeah, this is one of those stories that fans of the artist in question, like, it feels like this is a TMZ type story. And I want us to talk mm-hmm. about it in a way that is different from that. Uh, but it is it is a challenge in this particular conversation. And I think in conversations about relationship dynamics like this and about sort of this kind of like celebrity entertainment spilling into real life dire consequences type thing that it's, it's just downright weird to me that so much of this stuff in culture gets processed as TMZ gossip column concerns as opposed to something else. Yeah. With such a distance. Yeah. But we're going to talk about it. We're going to, we're going to work through this. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit JiffyLube.com. Georges here, current staff writer at The Atlantic, former wrangler of both Charity and Micah's chaotic ideas, slightly less chaotic prose. Um, Hey y'all, I am really disheartened, uh, admittedly, by everything that's been going on um, with this Megan Thee Stallion and Tory Lane situation. It's been incredibly frustrating to see how quickly people made a joke of, you know, an instance of violence, uh, how ready people were to wholly dismiss her pain, even as, you know, this is a 25-year-old woman effectively crying on her own Instagram live in front of masses of people um, simply to sort of earn any measure of sympathy. Uh, And it really does sort of parallel so many of the times that we've seen hip-hop not support or otherwise uh, not do right by black women, um, especially following, you know, an instance of Talib Kweli spending his entire like 24 waking hours a day harassing black women online and almost nobody condemning that. Um, And so, you know, even as somebody who's seen this play out time and time again, it's admittedly pretty disheartening to see. Um, And I I do hope that more people, you know, will step up and say something or at least hold this man to account. And I imagine it's not that hard to do. Michael, what if I kick off by talking about Rihanna, Chris Brown? You know, I've, this is, I was thinking about how much this was like the Chris Brown Rihanna situation um, over the past weekend because 
I distinctly remember there being like this it, because because it would it also happened in a car away from public view and because everybody in my grade school class had a theory about what happened in the car about whether she hit him first about where these bruises on his arm came from and this that and the other thing and well you know she did make that album where she was talking about this and she does seem demanding and so on and so forth and it's just like well that the end result was still the same so what right. does it matter what happened before when it's the same conversation happening over again but let's explain what happened with mm -hmm. like because so much of that meta narrative exists right around chris brown and rihanna we should just articulate right so chris brown is i mean at this point in his career like the only person that mtv is going to call him for a michael jackson tribute you know he's danced after women in the street he's proven he can sing and dance at the same time he was in this christmas the black family ensemble movie he did the double mint gum commercial. That's the it's I just a, for yeah. some reason that's always yeah. in my mind. Yeah. It's it's like he's, you know, Star Boy at this point. And yeah. Rihanna is has been rising at a commensurate rate. I mean, like, she's also like biggest like, you know, she got the hits. She got the early she's hits. She's got the hits. She's got the early yeah. hits. I mean, she's already in the conversation with Beyonce at this point like amongst not you know like maybe i don't know critically i wasn't like paying attention like that at the time but definitely colloquially she was she I mean, was popping rihanna was yeah poppin'. she was popping she was popping like and this is like they're a power couple like everybody their relationship goals everybody wants to be like them and then this happens right. and like rather than accept that it happened people just started creating alternate realities right but in terms of what really actually real life happened, Chris Brown, Rihanna together in a car. Chris Brown punches Rihanna, puts her head up against the window, bites Rihanna. Just a lot of physical violence in a small space with these two people. That's what actually happened. And everything, everything that sort of got spun out of that incident is sort of just noise. It's just sort of gossip rag noise. But there is a real kernel of what actually happened with Chris Brown and Rihanna that's at the heart of this sort of celebrity mythology that grew out around it. And part of, I think, why we're talking about the Tory Lanez, Megan Thee Stallion shit is because this is a kind of story in like celebrity in general. And it's, it's up to the point that it's kind of uncanny, right? Like if you look at how the Chris Brown, Rihanna narrative evolved, at first it was about you know, Chris Brown and the criminal justice system and like how much responsibility did he take for, you know, committing violence against Rihanna. And then I think it crossed the line after a point into being this sort of um, like celebrity narrative subplot to be managed. You know what I mean? Mm. Like you down mean, to the fact like in the terms of like you mean in the way that fans it's, talked about it the way that they them like, the way that fans talk about it and use it as a prism to other things but also the further we got away from it the less it actually became about 
a man having hit a woman is 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 is, i guess the overall point that we're trying to make like it's very simple yeah all of that basic stuff got wrapped in fan culture after a point it got react it got wrapped in chris brown stands trying to rationalize It, it, it got wrapped in chris brown himself trying to figure out how to reorient his public image well, that was the first phase, right? Was how to apologize. And then the second phase was, okay, everyone thinks I'm a dirtbag. How do I sort of recalibrate my brand to, to leverage that. that fact? You yeah. know what I mean? And then you had... Yeah, there were... I've Like, I'm recalling that, that weird graffiti album cover art where he had, like, a robotic arm and was wearing, like, knee-high leather boots. Like, it was just a very messy... Like, it was a very lost time. Yeah, like, totally. And then you had the the all of the stuff ever since of Chris Brown and Rihanna working together again, and sort of what that says about their current like emotional parasocial trajectory or whatever. And I mean, like the cult, and also like a lot of interpreting the cultural valences around it, like as far as what Rihanna working with Chris Brown again means for women, like. Yeah. Would also be like a, a a discussion that I know that you have seen a lot, like that we participated in. For sure. All that shit was weird, though. It's weird in the <laughs> sense that these kinds of entertainer stories are as old as rock music, if not older. It's just there's a weird sense in which Chris Brown hitting Rihanna may as well have been Ariana Grande licking the donut. Right. It gets processed in this similar flattened. TMZ gossip space where what begins as a really sort of grim story about physical violence and a real life ass real life thing that happened becomes just a sort of meta narrative plot point. Yeah, it's like yeah, it's bar trivia or it's like a celebrity narrative thing. Right, Um, right, right. It went from like the raw details of the the uh of of Tory Lanez having shot Megan the Stallion to like whether or not she had violated G code like with remarkable time <laughs> over the weekend. I mean, there were the comparisons to, you know, I, there were people that were saying you can't fuck with her, and, like not fuck with Takashi Six Nine. <laughs> there were people that were saying that the game, like you know, the the same course of the game having changed from some previous version where everybody where, where, where informants didn't exist and that everybody that was writing their raps wrote them by themselves on yellow legal pad paper and so on and so forth it's just very it's just very it's just stupid right because it's just like we you are why are you on twitter talking about this and right that's the thing too that it's happening on these channels right because it's people trying to impose this sort of artifice of street business despite the fact that dog you're talking about this as a public news story about some celebrities that you stream on on streaming on music streaming like this isn't if it was street business pure and simple you wouldn't know about it and we wouldn't need your (laughs) opinion on it like, wait, what it's this just, is really is a TMZ headline. Yeah, to you. and it's it's just uh, people stepping over each other to say that they would have handled this differently, which is like, I I mean, go on, <laughs> exactly. I mean, like, I 
I, which is it's just just I mean just Satan facts laying them end to end here. She got shot in the foot, and then the cop showed up, and then she said, "I don't know who shot me in the foot. I don't know about where the gun's at." Bye. Do you think that you could tell lies of a mission all cool like that to the police person with who's 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 quoting ghetto boys and so on and so forth? And it's just yeah, it's like it's 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 just out it's out, it's outlandish. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Like the thing I keep saying is like wrapped in like this stuff gets wrapped in fan culture. I think that's the idea that at least I'm trying to get at is that like, yeah, that's weird. It's weird that you take a shooting and wrap it in fan culture. And sure, you could make a point about like gangster records or whatever and how like that's that's kind of what's happening when you talk about like a Mozzie record. You know what I mean? Or whatever. But sure. It, it, <sighs> like that's why the Chris Brown Rihanna shit was so annoying because it was like. After a point, you weren't you weren't engaging with people who were talking about violence, domestic violence. You were engaging with people who were just trying to rationalize their fandom. Like niggas liked Chris Brown, so they decided X about Rihanna. You know, people liked Rihanna, so they decided X about Chris Brown. Like you could have all kinds of conversations about men, women, R and B cultural norms, domestic violence, whatever, whatever. No one's saying that you have to take it. You know, you have to speak in super somber academic tones to talk about Chris Brown and Rihanna. But it's just wild to me how like that. That was the first moment where I really thought about fan culture as something that kind of sucked. Right. Is when you when you just follow the conversations about Chris Brown and Rihanna and you realize that so much of that shit was just driven by stands, just driven by people whose only real sort of personality is that they were a fan of of one of the two artists and their entire sense of or their um, only real stake in the, the their only real stake yeah. in it was that they were a fan of one of the two artists and i mean yeah like we've well we've personally like offline before not on this particular podcast i've had a lot of conversations about like you know what price your fandom comes at uh yeah. like you know how much of your principles etc you're willing to compromise to enjoy this particular thing that's corrupted or whether or not like you know you need to even be thinking about it on those terms um we write a lot about it we think a lot about it but like it really does complicate how you deal with things in real life michael honestly even saying this stuff i feel i feel kind of self-conscious and let's let's talk it through because i feel i feel a sense right of not wanting to get on a podcast and be super and serious be and lecture people. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, I don't want to like, isn't... it's, it's yeah. It, it, but it's, it feels like there's only so many ways that you can talk about this, but it's like we were saying before, this is like a real world thing with real world consequences. There's only so many ways that it, like you can really talk about it. Right. Yeah. And I, I think part of the, okay. The inevitability to me, right. Is the fact that look at, the end of the day, you're talking about Chris Brown and Rihanna. You're talking about Tupac and Biggie. I don't care. You talk about Megan the Stallion and Tory Lanez. Uh, you could be talking about Florida House Representative Ted Yoho or and and uh, Alexandra Ocasio Cortez. Right. I mean, I, I'd make a distinction there, but at least in terms of the entertainers, right? Like, sure. The reason people care about Megan the Stallion and Tory Lanez is because they're entertainers. So. In a certain sense, it's kind of like yelling at a cloud, right? That people who are primarily invested in these people as entertainers are treating something like this as an entertainment story. 
I get that. I get that inevitability. And yet, I don't know. I have this sense of then that inevitability just means that entertainment culture is kind of stupid and horrifying in a way. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's just one of those stories that cult that fan culture is specifically ill-designed to handle. Right. Like and that is, underscores is... why half of my motivation in sort of talking to you about the things we talk about, Micah, is my my disgust with fan <laughs> culture in a lot of ways, frankly. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. And that's that's even like, come on, we're fans of rap music, right? And it's not like there's plenty of rap music that stems from and even explicitly refers to real world violence between people who have, let's call it personal business that doesn't have anything to do with me, really. Right. Mm-hmm. I can sort of I can sort of plug into the artifice of it as a fan of a rapper who's rapping about some street shit. But so far as that stuff is about real life circumstances where names have been changed to protect the identities of the, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. You know nothing about that. You know nothing about that as a person that's listening to the music. Yeah, absolutely. So I get that that's sort of inherent in music itself. And yet this this is I don't know, this this Tory Lanez making the sign shit. It's exactly the kind of story that makes me. I have that Hayao Miyazaki feeling of like anime was a mistake. I, I just sort of look mm. and go, oh shit, this is why all of this is bad, actually. Like, yeah. we, we can't be trusted to handle stuff uh, yeah, like this. I've, it's, I've been, it, it is definitely, <laughs> uh, I feel deeply that this is a great insult to human life itself, yeah. is, is, is definitely the, the, the feeling here. But it's like, like as a set of inputs, this is kind of, nuts because you've i understand that as a fan of mob deep like i know factoids like they met in a knife fight on a prison yard and like the 41st side of things means this and blah 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 and blah blah blah, 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 blah. but i don't know anything about what you know the circumstances that may have led to that or the reasons that you might be doing those things really i can only make guesses at that and right. Knowing that that distance is between us is what causes me trepidation in speaking about things that happen in real life between that. Like, you need to be aware of them and you need to, like, appreciate them as things that happen between real people. But, like, approach, like, that, that means that you don't then need to talk about it online and to, like, take sides online. I, I don't know. You're right, though, in the sense, right, that as much as musicians famous and otherwise having shitty, ugly, messy, sort of tragic, you know, et cetera, et cetera, personal lives, that's not a new thing. Neither is the idea of fans gossiping about the personal lives of musicians. Fine. I think the strange thing as always with shit that we talk about is social media and the internet and the sense in which now, instead of that being a sort of, subtext or a sort of thing that is you know i mean kind of obscured and like hidden away from fans and feels like it is maybe even something that would be covered up by the industry because i mean man the stallion talks about that she was like listen your publicist was lying to blogs like mm-hmm. you had mm-hmm. industry people covering for you and maybe in there's an a playbook earlier era, for these sorts of things yeah there's yeah a, there's, there's a, play, a, playbook. There's a playbook for these sorts of things. there's a playbook and in an earlier era that playbook would have been sufficient right 
Like it would have been shoved out of media. It, you know, journalists, if you know, you know, fans, maybe some fans, you know, but it would have been on a different wavelength. And the actual thing that happened is that something like social media swings it super hard in the other direction, which is that instead of that sort of that that obscurity and that sort of dusting things under the rug and and leaving Meg in that shitty position of not like not being able to go anywhere to talk about what actually happened, how she actually got shot. Instead, it's everybody's business immediately. It's everybody's business before Megan has even confirmed what happened. You know what I mean? And I think mm-hmm. that's the thing. It's 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 an overcorrection. And so now there's there's transparency, but it's a shitty kind of transparency. Yeah, everybody has access to the facts, but not enough context to interpret it. Regardless of what people think about Tory Lanez, they see the opportunity to get the jokes off at, at Megan Thee Stallion is actually what's happening. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's all this is. It's sort of, it's catnip. It's gone from being something that would be swept under the rug to being something that only exists as content. This episode is brought to you by Thomas's. Thomas's presents Technique with Tom. Slicing an English muffin with a butter blade? Boulder Dash. Just pull apart with your hands and marvel in the nooks and crannies splendor. For each one is unique like a snowflake. Thomas's. Huzzah. A toast to breakfast. This episode is brought to you by 7-Eleven. Cold slurpy drinks and a hot summer day are a match made in heaven and your favorite refreshment just got even better. Let's talk about 7-Eleven's $1 small slurpy drink with seven rewards. It's the classic frozen fizzy treat you can't get anywhere else. I'm a blue raspberry guy. Just know that about me. Know that I'm going to be going forward. Anytime there's a drink like this, I'm in on the blue raspberry. If you're feeling thirsty, feeling thirsty right now, how about going to visit a 7-Eleven valid through 1725? 7-Eleven has the right to end this promotion early, plus tax, participating U.S. stores. See app for full terms. All rights reserved. Seabrook III. I'm an associate editor at XXL Magazine. The reason I think fans have feel that they have the right to decide who's inherited the street code and who's snitching and who ain't and they feel like they know what's really going on in the streets is because they've weirdly bonded themselves too closely to the rappers that they are fans of and they think that they are them and they think that getting that inside perspective of the street makes them into some sort of block expert when in reality they have a 401k and a nine to five and they follow the law and they do all that. Like they don't know nothing about that life, but they feel like the music is giving them, is bolstering them and giving them the backbone to say those things when really they don't know what they're talking about and they should probably stay out of the way and keep their head down. We all know that like this shit happens at a level now where it's like you can just assume that 40% of people in a conversation are just like white kids in Connecticut. <laughs> you know what I'm saying, dog? Like, like fuck this. <laughs> no, I, I mean... I, it's Tommy Gunn 6969 and he's 13. I want us to be very careful about saying that it's just white kids. It's not because, just, yeah, it's not. Because honestly, <laughs> if either, if anybody that is out there that is that was like us as kids is, is participating in this conversation about yeah, street bona fides, that would also be bullshit. It's just yeah, like... No, yes, there we go. That's, there's, that's it. 
that's you, it. You, it's that's just it. like there's you are it is it is it's again it's just like we it'd be very it's very funny to draw the like to draw the in a in a Malibu's most wanted sort of way to draw the distinction at white kids at Exeter. <laughs> but the truth of the matter is, is that it's a class distinction, not necessarily a racial divide. It is racial divide too, but it's like, you know, this is the wrong form to this is not the form in which this would even it wouldn't be a discussion, is is the is the point. Like it wouldn't we wouldn't be arguing about whether or not G code was adhered to. If it was, I, I assume, from every movie I've watched, I can't even speak on that because that's my only point of reference. But you it's also context, not to be all fucking blue check about it, but context matters. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, it's no, different. True. It's true. it's different. It's different when it's fucking Cameron telling, like explaining, stop snitching to Anderson <laughs> Cooper. <laughs> Like that's funny. Yeah, that's that's funny. That's, that's funny. funny. That's I got to show you, doggy. Funny. Yeah, that's that's it's it's very like having Cameron and Dame Dash on the Bill O'Reilly factor is high comedy. Right. That's like, a funny version of this. Like Ghostface kind of killer. Yeah, Ghostface killer threatening action Bronson with Teddy Pendergrass playing in the background is high comedy. These are just like you know, it's there's but there's a difference in between those things and what we're talking about the issue is that there's not like a is the issue with treating these real life events uh with a fan culture lens is that like there is no one size fits all to it like there's not like you really do have to appreciate it on a case-by-case basis what's true for young thug threatening uh a guard at lennox mall is not true for Tory Lane shooting Megan Stallion in the foot. Right. Why is it funny? Like it, it's enough to say context matters, but is the is the difference is the reason context matters just that well, Megan Stallion's a woman, and this is about violence against women, and it would be funnier if like Tory Lane shot Drake. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, would that be funny? I don't know. It. That, I think that's. I like. I, <laughs> like as you say that even. Like the idea of of Tory Lane shooting Drake in the foot is I like honestly I unfortunately I find it hilarious like, right. but that's not really funny either because that's still somebody shooting somebody else. Yeah, but okay, but even then, right? Like that sense of ambiguity you just that ambivalence you sure, just expressed. Sure, I'm gonna blame Fifty Cent for all of this. Like. I mean, I'm going to partially blame the fact that I'm just older now than I was, you know, when I first started following this this kind of rapper minutia, right? Mm-hmm. But yeah, there is something about like the 50 Cent era, right? Where 50 was constantly sort of just putting everybody's business in the street on the mixtape level and everything just was jokes after yeah, a his, his Yeah, because like wasn't like his first big street single is him dissing like literally every rapper in New York yeah, and talking about the government. Yeah, how to rob. And it's him and it's him like, you know, snitching on like ghetto Quran and shit like that. Like he had messy records is the thing about the, the early, the sort of proto get rich or die trying 50 cent was a messy dude who I... I associate with the sort of transition to the modern era of everybody having access to everybody's business and sort of being able to trivialize it in real time and to turn a lot of street business into jokes Mm -hmm. in real time. 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And like on a global scale too. You know what I mean? Like a lot of the yeah. 50 cent versus game stuff. Or like the young buck, the, the 50 cent, you know, like that level. Sure. Of stuff. But I mean, like, but then also uh the fact that everybody that you knew from school, like that the the, the first the first thing you like the second thing you know about 50 cent is that he got shot nine times. Like yeah. it's and that being like you got like you it's that was the brand like ass yeah being like he got shot nine times was the brand it was the brand it was the he made of he made several video games called bulletproof in which one of them is in which you go to blood in the sand when you go to iraq and you're a mercenary and you carry out missions for one of which you do for a literal diamond encrusted skull i kid you not i remember this from my childhood (laughs) sorry my to, to my mom, if you're listening to this, I played that video game, but it was part of his brand. Yes, right. But that's just to say that I I blame Fifty for this kind of thing becoming part of the brand, um, even knowing that artists before Fifty Cent, like again, the sort of I don't know the branding of Bobby and Whitney. You know what I mean? And like, like you can definitely think of bad behavior and bad relationship dynamics and just foul shit being stuff that is successfully integrated into the mythology of an entertainer. Uh, well, sure. I mean, like it was as it like it was like we were. Well, I bought up early in this podcast, like uh, Dre on the Weed and Wine podcast talking about she wants a Bobby or Whitney kind of love or whatever. There is that strange tendril and like in in pop culture where like people just want a partner that's awful to them <laughs> like i won't be able to get into it unless like there's a possibility unless there's like a 25 percent possibility that you'll burn my house down and that's like a real thing like i'd like i want I'd, like you know ruin my credit like Keep slash my tires this that the other thing like i want us to i want our relationship to be like an outlaw country song but you know because then at least it won't be boring you know what i'm talking about yeah but the thing is that stuff you i i feel like there's a difference between when stuff when sentiments like that when romanticization like that gets processed in music and even when it gets processed in sort of weird stunted immature underdeveloped ways in fan culture surrounding an artist, right? Think I think what's different about the internet is that the internet is just constantly confronting you with the, the realization that the 60% of the people tweeting stop snitching at Megan the Stallion fucking live in the suburbs or like tweeting from their fucking high school class in a good school their cubicle. Yeah, like or Yeah, or their cubicle worse yet. They're yeah. like tweeting you from like one world trade yeah, in their from your finance sectional job couch. talking yeah. about like, like no cap. Like shut the yeah, fuck up. From, from your mid-century sectional couch you're tweeting about stop snitching. It's yeah. just like it, it there yeah there is like yes there's something inherently ridiculous about it. Like where the fuck do you get off is is really like the is how I how you should feel about it but also like you also shouldn't feel that strongly either. <laughs> Well, what do you mean? No, I explained that you shouldn't feel that strongly either, though. Because it's like I'm getting this worked up and I feel dumb for getting this worked up. 
Right, because stands act like stands, and that's just yeah. Sort of because that's the that's just the way that exactly. Right. So then, why are we getting this worked up? Because I, I do think that the real thing is just the <sighs> fandom's not new. Speaking for myself, I I personally I I get worked up about shit like this these days because you take Tory Lanez for instance. We when we introduced him in this episode, we talked about how after a point, Tory Lanez is sort of more popping as a troll and a sort of social media personality than as a musician. And I think mm-hmm. that's why I get worked up, right? Because I just look at someone like Tory Lanez and why we even give a shit about this guy in the first place. And I look at him shooting Meg in the foot and I think, dog, the only, the only way this man is going to get people to give a shit about him to have any sort of fan investment in him is by doing like stupid shit that doesn't really have anything to do with music, like shooting Megan the Stallion in the foot. You know what I mean? It's sort of, it's, it's one thing like the conversation about Chris Brown was really about, yo, do, does this guy get to have a music career after this? Do, do people keep buying Chris Brown albums? Do critics mm-hmm. keep reviewing Chris Brown albums? Do we let this man tour? Like, you know, it was sort of about, Chris Brown, first and foremost, was a musician. Yeah, well, Chris Brown was famous enough at the time for the conversation to actually be less about Chris Brown and Chris Brown's career than about you, regular non-famous person's relationship to fame or a person that you you know experience mainly through television. That was what like the conversation was actually about. This is there's not really like Tory Lanez is not for, you know, lack of a better way to put it, not really popping enough for their, for us to be doing all this is really the feeling. Yeah. No, but the inversion of that for me is what if we live in a culture now where fan culture is so out of control and where this sort of, you must be this tall to ride sort of thing of like, what even lets you sort of, live and exist and persist in headlines as a celebrity is your willingness to do stupid shit like shoot Megan the Stallion in the foot. Because you know what I mean? It's like you can imagine a sort of like, I don't know, there's something about that guy's lifestyle where you're just like, is this the kind of person who exists now? Like, we don't even give a shit about Tori Lane's music. And yet this guy exists. almost. It feels like this guy exists to just hang around and do dirtbag shit so that it can be written up as gossip headlines and metabolized in a sort of like tedious fan culture that like doesn't have anything to do with anything. I think that's what yeah. I look, I look I mean, at Tory Lanez and I'm like, is the only reason I'm going to care about this guy at all is because he does dumb shit like this that exists to be gossiped about. Honestly, and trivialized again. Again, I say that you can understand basically everything about Tory Lanez by watching Thug Tears' Tory Lanez hoop mixtape and seeing how he plays basketball. I'm not kidding. Go ahead. Explain it. Tory Lanez is in the habit of, like, there's this person that, like, you will play pickup with at the gym that, like, there's there's several characters. There's the person that calls their own fouls. There's the person that stands in the corner and only shoots spot up jumpers. There is the person that wears a short sleeve shirt underneath their sleeveless shirt. There is the Rexpex guy. There is 
the black Air Force's dude that claps in your face and fouls a lot and calls it good defense. And then there's the there's the guy that shows up in usually like a do rag uh, shirtless and dribbles hard as shit. And he's loud and he calls plays. But like, why would you be calling plays when you showed up to a gym where you don't know anyone? Right. It's just like a it's in, in actuality, it's just a way to call attention to himself. So he shoots jumpers that aren't him. Like, and when I say that aren't him, that means that like you didn't practice them. Therefore, they are wildly off the mark. Everything on his jumper moves in the wrong direction, usually. And it's really like a matter of him being like too haptic, like way too energetic and overdoing all of his motions, like to call attention to himself, to be like, hey, I'm trying hard and I'm playing basketball, motherfuckers. But really, like, you're just waiting for this person to brick so you can grab the rebound and you can circulate the ball. Really, like, having this person on your team, like, when you're playing pickup, is like having a negative player. It's actually, it's negative one and a half people. It's three and a half on five if this person is on your team. I want to promise our listeners that this is the only conversation about Tory Lanez we will ever record. <laughs> I'm going to write it into our contracts. We will never speak of Tory Lanez at such length ever again. I'm glad we talked about this though, because I don't know, man. I just, I feel like there's, the, you know, this will come up on later episodes of this show. Like, there, there's a lot of shit about modern fan culture that sucks, and yeah, like rap and R and B. Like, I've been listening to this shit my whole life, and a lot of conversations you'll have about your favorite rappers and singers are some really out of pocket conversations, but. Tory Lane shooting Megan the Stallion is one of the the it's the lowest point of my faith in a lot of different factions of people in the genres of music that I love and have loved for my entire life. Be easy though. Be safe though. Be safe though. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.